Hello everybody and welcome to the technical area, your, I suppose, semi-regular Football Manager podcast brought to you by me, your host, Gaffer Gramer, once again. It's episode 36 and it's been a while. Is that it's the latest episode? Has it been eagerly anticipated? I don't know. But nonetheless, we're keeping going with the summer series. Apologies for the gap of the last couple of weeks, I suppose. But I suppose, as I said, kind of a couple of weeks ago, the summer could take its own course, take its own influences, and prevent me from having the usual weekly, regular recording dates that I'm used to having during a week. But nonetheless, any chance I do get an opportunity to record, I will record. And I suppose even better again for you, and for me, I suppose with less stress headache in the background of this podcast, is that I am back home. I'm back with my full recording setup. So fingers crossed that this week's episode can come without the sound flaws, I suppose. The last couple of episodes have endured while I've gotten used to having the little lapel mic and Trying to get it positioned right, trying to get it sounding right, and all that stuff as well. As we've seen in the last weeks as well, Miles has given us some news on FM21. It is happening. When it's happening, nobody knows, but nonetheless. So there is a reassurance that the end of this year can come with that golden light. Especially with the fact that, you know, day to day, the situation can seem a little bit hectic it can seem like we're going taking backward steps and forward steps in equal measure but nonetheless we're still enjoying some European football in August which when you're looking at the competitive nature of the games it's not something people would normally be accustomed to especially given the fact that this is usually the time of year put aside for the qualifiers and the fact that the final stages of Europe's elite competition for the 2020 for the, heading for the 2019-2020 finals Taking place as the qualifying time for the 2020-2021 season, I suppose, is overshadowing those minnows, their moments of glory, their chance to be on the back pages, taken up by Europe's elite still slogging it out. It's a very funny and very strange situation we're finding ourselves in. But nonetheless, the festival of football does continue. But I suppose with the t- looks already to the 2020-2021 season in Europe, Europe's minnows are being given the opportunity now to write a story. Just like every year, where they can capture audiences across the footballing world. Maybe it's their intriguing kit designs. Maybe it's their captivating crests. The unlikely heroes players released their football manager wonder kids from yesteryear. Then some surprising managers even in the dugouts leading the way. These teams have plenty to capture imagination, to write stories and gain themselves some new fans. And despite the fact that the Europa Conference League is still a little bit, a little bit away at the moment, there is nothing more exciting than seeing a new team come in, write a story. Cause an upset when I suppose some would say they have no right to do it. Now at episode 36, it's all coming off the back of an Athletic article that I read a couple of weeks ago. Now whether you have the Athletic or not, the, the, the source, the link to the, the article will be found down below. 
But really, I suppose the one thing I want to say is I had no intention of paying for a full one-year subscription of The Athletic, as I found I mightn't get the full use out of it. So the fact that I got lazy, let my free trial period lapse, and ended up paying for a year, cancelled the subscription, and all of a sudden I get turned into a uh, a one-year subscription that you, it's going to be cancelled in July 2021. I suppose I said I may as well get the most out of it, and the fact I can bring some content to this podcast, I suppose, diversifies where the information can come from. We are looking at that Granada story. So as I said, these small teams rising to the top, writing new stories and captivating. Granada have done that to an excellent extent just in the past season in Spain. That they've gone from the, the days of Tony Adams' moves on the training ground to making moves up La Liga's table. And next season we will be seeing them in the Europa League. In an incredible story. But one that should be preceded with caution. But nonetheless, with a reinvention at a total club level that some of us could strive towards in FM20 or even in FM21. So with Granada going kind of from a, a rags to riches approach in terms of from relegation to European football, not just even promotion following i put it out to community what is the secret to your rags to riches stories in fm20 a third of the community said it's their tactics the tactical approaches they use is the secret a resounding 60 percent said it's the transfers the players they've been able to bring in that have made the difference no one zero percent to training which is very interesting training is not the key to the secrets of Rag switches stories in FM20. And then some other people chimed in with some interesting ones as well. Charlie Tango with set pieces. I will be touching on set pieces a little bit more, but set pieces are one of the most valuable parts of the game. So we'll have to wait and see if FM21 will include the set pieces in a new way. Will it see it in a Thomas Gronemark to throw in coach way? Or will it be even a designated coaching option? Who knows? A coaching attribute on set pieces. But nonetheless, set pieces do, are, can be a vital part of any squad's reinvention, any squad's ambitions, because of the fact they can be rehearsed, planned on a training pitch, and could be the key to success breaking the deadlocks, especially playing against the low block, like we said a couple of weeks ago. Well, Black CFM, on the other hand, went for a different approach. And one of those hidden attributes that I suppose we all have to navigate carefully, whether it's husbandry, as Black CFM may say, or whatever form of word you want to say, partnery, boyfriendry, girlfriendry, wifery, whichever term I suppose applies best to you. But yeah, navigating that tricky, tricky ravine sometimes between your partner's wishes and your FM time. But nonetheless, it is a very, very important attribute we ought to be careful. Our people have to be aware of and put a lot of time into, as Black CFM says. But reinvention, I suppose, the topic of this podcast is very, very important. Because whether it's forced or freely done, managers are often forced to change how they go about their job. They're forced to adapt. Clubs often change identity, whether it's through the appointment of a manager, 
It will help the owners visualise a new path for the club, both on and off the pitch. Or for the actual club's manager, him or herself, trying to strive for a new direction, take the club off to, in a new way. Alex Ferguson last at 26 at Manchester United, and I'm sure if he watches his first games back in about 1985, and watched his games in 2015, I suppose it was near 2015. It was, if you say look at Manchester United's games in 2010 even, we say, or the 2011 Champions League final. The style, the approach, the players. Huge evolution of Manchester United there. And we can only put that down to the fact that Ferguson was so open and willing to take in assistant managers who he listened to. Now, obviously, they did not tell him he was overrunning midfield. We are being over in midfield. That's why Carlos Quiroz was was brought in. No, but Carlos Quiroz brought in and modernised Manchester United's approach. Quiroz with his doctorate. Well, I suppose his doctorate, his master's in football. Quiroz who saw the future of football becoming strikerless. And I suppose you could say Manchester United to an extent went strikerless when Rooney led the line with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo in support for that one season. Although they didn't win the league, very unfortunate not that Rooney excelled in that kind of almost deep lying forward attacking midfield role, that strange position he created for himself. And for someone like Ferguson to embrace change like that, I suppose that can be our model. There's our idol. There's a person whose path I suppose we could follow. Because for managers, making changes isn't easy. It's your job could be lost at the end of the day for the changes you make. Or for the changes you don't make, I suppose you could say as well. While sticking to your principles is to be admired, evolving them can bring a fresh change to your perceptions of football. A fresh change and a fresh image for the team you manage, the club you manage. Helping you and them potentially to create a new identity becoming renowned for something different from where you began because it isn't a sign of weakness to make a change it's a signal of intention that you are growing this is a project and this is moving in a new and hopefully exciting way like I think of myself at Bayern I've had to change totally how I've playing from season 1 to season 2 I've played very little over the last two weeks but I have read a lot because teams are playing 4-1-4-1 DM, low block systems, or even three centre-backs, four defensive midfielders, two centre midfielders and one striker. It's so hard to play against with my own style of play. Because not only are they just playing with this low block compact manner, they're playing direct as well. I want to press, to counter press. Stop them getting counter-attacks while lose possession high up the pitch. But no, they're bypassing this by just direct balls over the top. And me trying to play a high line, not working. Dropping the lower line, I've had to drop to a lower line. Because of target men centering the counter-attacks around them and the quick support of wing-back centre midfielders are forward. Or whether it's fast attack attackers who are going in behind my defence. My approaches, my tactics are being nullified and results are 
Or might be winning, but we're only winning one nil maybe at times. I've had to be I've been forced to rethink. I've been forced to try and reinvent the side outside of a transfer window. So just with the players I have. And with the training sessions I suppose I'm planning as well. I'm not gonna be the first I'm not the first manager to have gone down this route and nor will I be the last. But you see, as a manager and as a club a vision is important. An identity. But an opportunity to grow and transform to something beyond your current capabilities is equally as important. Whilst some may struggle to find these opportunities, others have succeeded. And we've at a managerial level, we've seen so many stories of managers fail while others have succeeded. We've seen a change in Liverpool from the high, frenetic, energetic football club brought in initially to a more controlled, kind of smooth style. Don't, not compromising on the counter-pressing, but counter-pressing in a more controlled manner and controlling a game in a more controlled manner and those frenetic bursts of energy that would see the team race to pay against Manchester City before one up suddenly the match finishes 4-3 because you can see the late goals your teams are fading because of the energy they've put into the game Tony Pulis at Stoke his time there ended when Stoke tried to change and grow from the low block set piece heavy approach that brought instability in the Premier League to a more you know you know Passing pass orientated side at Liverpool again. Roy Hodgson's style was an, never a fit. While Rafa Benitez's measured approach had brought Liverpool some success, and I suppose did fizzle out towards the end for reasons both on and off the pitch. Hodgson never evolved the squad, the playing style, the squad. Hodgson didn't adapt to the situation, and Liverpool struggled as a result. And then you just have to look at clubs like Real Madrid and suppose this week we could even say Juventus. Many managers have come and gone. Managers who paid with their jobs for the philosophies they bring. Many like Juventus have oh sorry, Real Madrid have, have appointed Fabio Capello twice. Both times he had one year stints at the club, and both times he won the league. But he was let go because of the style, even though it was a winning style. So I suppose we could say for clubs, there needs to be, I suppose, a, that growth there as well. Because, and then again, I suppose even sometimes the growth can come on all sides. It needs to come from all sides. The club needs to be willing to push forward. They need to embrace a new frontier and have a manager, either have, keep faith to the current manager that he's the one to lead this change, or maybe to bring someone in who can, you know, ignite the fire. And this is where the Athletics article of talking about from the days of Tony Adams to European qualification transformation. We're going to you know, focus a little bit there. It's just exactly what Granada have done. So when Tony Adams stepped in to, to manage the side on an interim basis, kind of moving away from that advisory role he had, he lost all seven games in charge and Granada were relegated to the Segunda Division. That season, in La Liga, 
Granada used a staggering amount of players, 39 in the 38 games. And those 39 players came from 21 countries. And the relegation did hit the club hard. They spent three years in the Segunda. But under their new coach, a young coach, his first season, man- after getting promoted, his first season of managing in top flight Spanish football, he took Granada to seventh and Europa League qualification place. Now, to be fair, his experience does, he is an experienced manager to an extent, in that his coaching, I suppose, education came under the watch of Life Sevilla. Identified by Monchi, brought in, worked his way through the underage teams managing, assisted Unai Emery, won the Europa League, and then got his own job within the club, managing Sevilla Atletico, taking them from relegation threatening in the third tier of Spanish football, all the way up to the stability of mid-table in the Segunda Division. The transfer policy of the club also changed. With the club in the Segunda, the club focused on free agents, free agents who knew the Segunda well. While manager Martinez, he took the opportunity as well to use his contacts within the game, especially from Sevilla, bringing some players there to just try and help the club, help the team reach targets. If you were to Load up FM20 right now. Use the winter database updates from the January transfer window. You'll see the likes of Roberto Soldado, Maxime Gonalon playing with this side. So even there, there has been an evolution in some of the targets the club has brought in. And although questions do exist about the financial background of the club's owners, we can't take away from what happened on the pitch this year. The club reached searing heights. They had a brief stint even on top of the league. They beat Barcelona 2-0. And just before the COVID-enforced lockdown and suspension of the season, they were nine minutes from ending an absence from the Copa del Rey final that stretches back to the 1950s. And all of this has been done tactically with a simple, hard-working, direct approach. The club have the 19th or 19th of the 20 clubs in terms of passes made in the season. But in terms of set-piece goals, referring back to Charlie Tangle's approach earlier on, they're fourth highest in the league. There's a huge emphasis on teamwork and a collective effort. So maybe adding sessions in like teamwork to build on your team's cohesion could be a great way on the training ground. To make the difference there as well. But nonetheless. It's a very very simple approach. That Granada have done. But it has brought them some fantastic success. And although Espanyol's 2019-2020. Sorry. 2018-2019. Season. You know. Is a reflection of what Granada have done. Just in the 2019-20 season. I'm sure Granada will be hoping. That 2020-2021 will not mirror the season Espanyol have just gone through. Espanyol, very similar financial background with Chinese-based backers, went from Europa League qualification to the worst season in the club's history in relegation from the division. So I'm sure Granada will be hoping that their best ever season won't go the same way. 
Maybe that's an FM21 project for you. But like Granada with their transfer policy, central core principles need to be identified and they need to be locked in as non-negotiable facets to you as a manager and your vision. Whether they're non-negotiable in the short or long term, that is the decision you must make based on the situation you are in. But all of this as well has to be done by your choice and by the demands of the club you are leading. Making changes within a current save or when beginning a new adventure with a new club can reinvent ourselves. It can force the opposition, the AI, to rethink and adapt just what it is you're trying to bring with you to this club and what it is you're trying to create. But making these decisions lightly is not recommended. Make them from a well-considered and researched perspective. Patience will be key. But keep in mind the balance of risk and reward. And I'm one of these people too that needs to reinvent. Because I have been stuck and rooted in my ways. I've been playing the same tactical styles almost since FM17. I've been quite inflexible. And as I read more, as I research more, I watch and I listen more. I can see how heavily influenced I am. In Ireland, our coaching courses are kind of drawn up and led by Rude Dutker. Dutch coach, the FAI, were delighted to bring over, I know, at the time. But we can so we can suppose I could I can supposedly say that the schools of Michels and Cruyff influence how I'm coaching. In real life, I'm bringing that to FM. The styles of Guardiola and Klopp as well, I suppose, have brought it off a lot into me. And my tactics, my philosophy in football manager and in real life. But nonetheless, I haven't made changes. My time in FM this year especially has suffered from this growing lack of imagination tactically. And it's one of the reasons why I've enjoyed the manager and focus session so much. The Jean Piero Gasparini Atalanta one especially. Because you see, I need to research. I need to learn. I need to change, to adapt, to grow and evolve and write a new story. And creating this new story for me and for you could come in many ways. It could be through a simple philosophical approach, a principle, something new we want to try. It could be from emphasising on solid defence, a lightning quick attack, or building your team around set pieces. If you're a club like Granada with Roberto Soldado, and like many of us in football management, managing, I suppose you could say, smaller, less reputable sites, it could become squeezing the last drops of talent from an aging superstar to take us to new heights. Or it could be your scouts, or even your coaches promoting from within, finding an unlikely hero, the one who scores at every touch. The keeper who saves every shot. Or the player, the hero, the fans. Pay to see every week. Because unfortunately when you're a manager, only the fittest can survive. And growing oneself could be your saving grace. The centrepiece of the story you're about to write. 
And although FM21 may not arrive at FM's usual time of year, this year, there's still room this year to write your story in FM20. But just before you head off to write some more chapters of your FM20 adventure, or plan the story of your FM21 tale, why not leave a positive review? Share on your socials with your followers if you've enjoyed the podcast. As the summer continues and we approach so as the last hurrah over the next couple of weeks though a little more hesitant you know as summer as well seems to be hiccuping just a little bit my time to record the podcast will continue to be curbed as i try to eke the most from every moment i can before i return to work at the end of the month the episodes may continue to appear irregularly until that point Maybe for my recording sessions may be shorter and the episodes may not be the usual 40 minutes you may have expected normally. But nonetheless, my commitment to this podcast will continue. Your patience and support over the past number of months has been greatly appreciated and will be over the final weeks of summer ahead. If you want to get some more information from me, you can check out the site below. My blogging home and the home of the podcast. You can get in touch on Twitter as well. Those links will be found down below in the episode notes. The Weirder Community interactions do form a vital part of this podcast. Get involved through votes, polls, comments, questions, hints, tips, suggestions, whatever it is. Everything is welcome. Get in touch. Maybe you could shape episode 37. Who knows? And finally, the music for this podcast is from Pond5. So if you want to look for stock images, if you want to, Get your own kind of theme song for your YouTube, Twitch stream, or even your own rival podcasts. So many seem to be popping up lately, worryingly enough for me. You can find everything you need there. Not an ad, just credit where credit is due. And also, as I said, the link to the Athletic article that was a great source of information and inspira- great source of inspiration and information for this podcast will also be found in the episode notes. This has been episode 36. Episode 37 will be dropping soon. Keep an eye on the Technical Aries Twitter page for the poll dropping. Until then, enjoy your FM20 story. Good luck with the FM21 story you could even be planning already. I'll talk to you soon. Bye now. (laughs) 